This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast, powered by Awana. I'm your host, Ross Cochran. Thank you for listening. This is the season finale of the podcast, and I'm really happy that you decided to check this one out in particular. Whether this is your first time listening or you've been with us for each of the last 49 episodes, I'm glad you're here. Today, we're going to be continuing the conversation we started last week that is all about Bright, the new digital weekend curriculum from Awana. This episode is all about what goes into Bright, what you will get when you join the Bright community and subscribe to this curriculum. I want to fully acknowledge that you might not be the one who's making decisions associated with the kind of curriculum you use for your ministry. But you, the loving, caring adult that clicked on this podcast, are probably close enough to that decision maker to share this episode with them and to start a conversation about what Bright might look like in your local context. This episode is in multiple parts, so I'll come back a couple of times to kind of walk you through each segment. But we're going to start with Matt Markins, the President and Chief Strategy Officer at Awana. You're going to hear an overview of what you get when you subscribe to Bright. Thank you for listening. This is episode 50 of the Resilient Disciples podcast. All right, so let me let me just kind of list out, you know, what comes with that subscription. Obviously, we're give, we're give, we're giving you curriculum to facilitate large group time and small group time. So, if your church uses a large group small group model or if they use a Sunday school and children's church model, we we have designed the curriculum to where it can facilitate in either one of those. So, uh, that's a huge plus. It's, it's going to come with video clips that kids are going to love. So we're, we're going to help you set up uh, your small group time or your children's church Sunday school time. We're going to help you set it up with an intro clip uh, and, then a, and then a teaching clip that helps you uh, to kick that lesson off. And we've got like an outro kind of application clip on the end too. So we're really resourcing you with a ton of media resources to help you uh, teach and facilitate uh, uh, it's, it's really, really exciting. We've got training videos for your leaders. I know a lot of churches, like my number one thing is I need to help get good volunteers and I need people who are going to, I need the resources to help train them. It's not just training either, Ross, it's inspiration. Like how do I continue to inspire them and engage their minds and hearts? So we've got training materials like videos and podcasts and other resources to help, uh, help them as well. Also within the lessons, Ross, we're disciple making with that leader. So we're speaking to them as a co-discipler. Uh, we're using some of the same handles and language that's in the book Resilient. We've woven that into the teaching material. So we're investing in them as disciples who are making disciples with these kids. Again, three-year scope and sequence. Everything is digitally accessible. Uh, you can, so if, if, you're, if you prefer to access things on your smartphone or your, your iPad or whatever, tablet, uh, your laptop, desktop, et cetera, it's going to be downloadable on any one of those devices. And last thing, Ross, it's, it's editable. So you can either download the PDF straight as we publish it, or you can download a Word doc where you're going to be able to edit it, uh, make the kind of tweaks you want for your church, and boom, you're ready to go. Amen. I like it. Because one of the things that stands out to me is unique about Awana is it's really created a community. There are people who are deeply invested in churches across the country or across the world because of this shared experience of being connected to an organization like this. When someone is using Bright, are they also going to get the same kind of community feel um, as the person who's been using Club? 
So Ross, we just we just conducted today this online event. Uh, it's a second one we've done here recently. I don't know about you, but when I was reading the comments, one of the common themes that I saw that I read was people who were saying, thank you so much. I'm so glad to know I'm not alone. I, I saw that so many times. And th that's what, what is this? That This is a community of disciple makers. So uh, if, you, if your church subscribing to Bright, you've just joined a community of disciple makers. As we think about this increasingly secular culture, which again, is it's pretty clear that secular cultures in we have an evil one behind all of that, right? Who's trying to nudge the church to the side, even silence the church. And I think as we continue to experience that in our culture, um, we need to continue to lean in to one another uh, and, and to not lean away, right? So we need each other. Uh, and, and if the world appears to get dark, let's look to each other to encourage one another as, as fellow disciple makers to say, let's keep going because kids matter and the future of the church matters. Now that you have a general understanding of what goes into Bright, let's get into the specifics. You're now going to hear from Kristen Thompson, Kirsten Hitchcock, Carol Dawson, and Betsy Santamu. I'll do my best to make sure that you can follow along with who's who, but know that they are part of the team that care so deeply about this mission of resilient child discipleship. They built a tool to help you carry out that mission. But if you get nothing else from this conversation, I hope you walk away knowing that Bright is biblically sound, easy to use, engaging for kids and leaders, and most importantly, effective in discipleship. Go to resiliendisciples.com slash curriculum for more information about Bright. Here's Kristen Thompson and Kirsten Hitchcock talking about individual components of Bright and what makes them unique. We, we built it in such a way that um, not only is it centered in these stories of scripture, but uh, we have something in there called the he, we, me questions. Um, now it sounds kind of funky and it does rhyme, but the point of them is like, okay, we wanted to have a question in each lesson that related to God. So that's the he question um, that related to we, which is kind of about um, our uh, relationships with each other and um, our perspective on things as a community about people. It's really a question about people. And then uh, a me question, taking it for, for kids, like they're naturally egocentric uh, unless we had a question in there that like specifically related to me, then it would be hard to really engage with kids. So to be effective at discipleship, you know, when we talk about discipleship, we're talking about um, our growth as a believer in Jesus. Um, you know, one of the phrases we use in the resilient disciples philosophy is about that it's about loving Jesus for the rest of your life, and that it, that is done in actions as well as um, words and mm -hmm. and your personal faith journey. And we wanted the rubber to hit the road for kids with, okay, like you just learned this really important thing about God because all of the lessons are basically about important things about God, but, um, if you have to understand how it relates to you and be kind of challenged in that. I would say we, we wanted to take it one step further than saying, okay, I can answer the me question and this is what I can do. And 
that's it. I know the answer. We want to take it one step further and say, okay, well, you know that now. And now I'm going to challenge you to say, how are you actually going to do that this week? And I want you to tangibly tell me, like, how could you practice it? Um, so we did that in many of our becoming activities. They were very, um, they're active action oriented discussion about like, here's a real scenario. Let's talk about it and say, okay, but how many of you have been in a situation like this before? And how did you respond? How can we respond now? Knowing what we know about God, what we learned today about God. Um, and then we also have what's called our challenge. Um, so every week um, they have a prayer challenge and then um, a choose your own challenge, which is, hey, this week you can choose to, you could memorize scripture. You could choose to participate in the prayer challenge all week, or here's another challenge you could do. And we do that in different types of ways. So they're, they come in take home forms. They're fun ways for kids to remember like, Oh, well, I get a bookmark that I can put in my Bible, or you can do um, what we call Bible story nation, which is making like the illustration of the Bible story come to life and also have those challenges in there. So it's something fun for kids to remember to be able to retell the story, uh, just seeing three frames of the story and say, Oh, I could tell the whole story just from looking at these three pictures. And the reason we did that was because you take your understanding to a new level when you're able to retell it. Right. So, so um, when I learn a Bible story, um, I can read it in scripture and be like, yep, I just read that. And now I've, I've, I've taken it in. Um, but until I'm able to retell it to somebody else, does it really take a new meaning for many? Um, and we wanted kids to be given that opportunity and in the different ways that we wrote the small group experiences, um, we certainly feel that kids are able to get that in different ways so that by the end, they're able to not only retell the story, they're able to retell like, what is that? What is the one thing that I'm walking away with, away with today about who God is yeah. um, and taking that and applying it to their life? That's so good. Every curriculum has large group and small group or some sort of variation of that, even if they use different language. But what about how you guys crafted those experiences for Bright is particularly engaging to kids? Yeah, so I think that um, when we when we thought about how it needed to be engaging for kids, um, there is a lot of great content out there that is that. Um, or we were seeing great hacks by leaders of how they were making it engaging for kids. So those were things we were paying attention to. Um, we, a lot of us have kids. And so um, there's a lot of intuition to that. Like anything we build, we also want to be really enjoyable for our kids. So thinking about what kids are into these days, how they want to engage, we realized that a big part of it was, um, they wanted to see themselves in uh, in the media that was there. So a lot of our mm -hmm. videos are kid hosted. So you'll see like the intro and conclusion videos for each lesson are hosted by kids. They feature kids. Some of the Bible stories feature kids um, and they feature them in a way that is a little more of a YouTube style where it could be the kid that lives next door who just is trying out their own YouTube channel and trying to create something. Um, and we found when we tested the curriculum that kids really liked that they wanted, they didn't want it to feel polished. They wanted it to feel, um, 
very much like they could know that kid that could go to their school. So that was one way is mm-hmm. that we wanted kids to see themselves in it. Um, another way is that kids also really don't want to be talked at. Um, they want to participate in whatever they're doing. So um, a lot of the activities really do require a lot of kids to um, work on creating something. So every single week in Bright, uh, one of the believing experiences has the kids retell the Bible story in some way or um, and, and act it out or do something with it. And that's because we know that kids would be much more engaged with that if they are uh, responsible for being part of it. Also a sense of choice and agency. So having the um, choose your challenge piece at the end of each lesson where the kids choose what it is that they wanna do to apply what they're learning or think about it in a different way. um, That is, we give them three options every time and that's because uh, we want them to feel like they had a choice of some things they could do and they're going to choose the one that they like the best because they will own it more. So totally. So one thing that we, we haven't necessarily talked about, but I personally found incredibly helpful and beneficial um, is the cultural connection in the way that bright connects to the outside world. You know, we talk a lot about in, when we talk about becoming uh, we talk about how the kids experiences the kids becoming resilient disciples is not going to happen within the four walls of the church. Why was it important for you guys to have that cultural connection piece? And what do you hope the practitioner who's listening to this gains from including that within a lesson? Yeah, I think that um, the feeling is that we know that from our research, kids are not coming from ideal situations and that can vary from kid to kid, family to family, but that's something that, Um, children's ministry practitioners aren't really interested in ignoring anymore. They, they know that um, some of these very difficult conversations or situations that they see in some of their families and the kids that they serve, um, they need some additional handholds to uh, be able to navigate some of those conversations just at a very surface discipleship sort of level. Um, we're not trying to provide anything in the curriculum that's going to make, um, take the place of like counseling or something. But we also know that um, there are some things that kids might not be willing to offer up in conversation unless there's a little bit of a starter into that conversation, whether it be um, regarding divorce or grief or um, depression and anxiety um, especially now in this time that we're in um, some of those feelings of isolation and loneliness that kids are dealing with and disruption and um, instability. I think more about the cultural connection is really just getting at the forefront of there are issues in our world that God talks about that God, God's word can guide us and how we can help kids. And I know that that is the huge part of why we wanted that cultural connection aspect to be a part of Bright, um, to help them navigate those really hard issues. And also to give a heads up to maybe the kid men practitioner that's over volunteers to say, Hey, this is something you might want to talk about to your leaders and to make it not be a taboo topic. We wanted it to be something that could be easily entered into in conversation. And so that was a huge part of why we put it there. For the non-experienced practitioner, they might be confused about why things like 
a cultural connection or engaging media is effective in discipleship. But I'm reminded that if you can easily use something and that you know it's quality, you're going to be able to spend more time on the relationships with those kids. You're not going to be caught up flipping through pages to try to find the thing that you're supposed to talk about next and then deciphering what it is. So you guys made Bright incredibly easy to use and incredibly adaptable and incredibly hackable. Why was that so important? And can you explain to folks what that looks like as it's played out? If you use PowerPoint every week, then, okay, we want to give you PowerPoint. If you like telling the Bible story every week, we want to give you a script to tell the Bible story. If you like showing a video, we want to give you a video. And we want to make it really easy for you to, to use it to jump back and forth. Um, if your leaders prep ahead of time, there's stuff you can send them. If they go on the fly, there's you know a way to use uh, Bright on their mobile device and to be able to access that content at a moment's notice or five minutes that they have in, um, you know, in the car between activities or things like that. We wanted to, to make it very, uh, very user-friendly because again, if, if it's going to take that much time to adapt something, then that's time you aren't spending in relationships with kids or nurturing uh, your volunteers and your families. So, um, and we did, you know, we tested that. We, these were all, these questions, right. uh, these distinctives of being easy to use and um, biblically sound and engaging for kids and effective at discipleship were all things we directly asked about when we tested the curriculum. And we got some really great feedback on that. Um, I don't know, Kirsten, if you want to share something about that. We got some really great feedback, feedback like, hey, this, this part wasn't as easy to use as I thought it would be. Well, awesome, because that feedback helps us know how can we make it easier to use. And then when you look at the aspects of not just biblically sound, but effective at discipleship, the easy to use part, the engagement for kids, like when you look at those pieces and what our field test churches said, it was they gave us high marks because we listened to the needs that they were asking for, right? We listened to their needs and said, okay, well, here's a solution that we have. In terms of making it easy to use, when you download a lesson of Bright, um, you'll see some of this in the sample, but then some in the some you'll just see with when you begin your Bright subscription that there's like 15 or more items in each uh, folder for each lesson. So you can you can if you want worship song suggestions, you have those. If you want the lesson as a Word doc, so that you can cut it and take it apart. You can do that. If you want it as PDF so that you can send it to your leaders, you can do that. If you want it as a mobile link, you can do that. If you want to use um, the actual website, it's on, you can do that. Uh, we wanted to provide all the ways possible to make it easy to use and also schedule wise too. We know that some people have 20 minutes total for their children's ministry and some people have two hours. So how do you make those choices? We tried to make it really, really easy for them. I I think in the midst of, uh, I mean, reality of the time, right, of realizing that many churches have had to go online in this season and that, you know, many churches are unsure of how long that will last or how do you engage kids when you're not physically with them? Um, so, one, so one of the things that we decided to do um, was create online church scripts. So actually do some of the choosing for churches to say, hey, here's the teaching, here are the videos, 
Here is an adapted becoming experience that you can do virtually either pre-recorded or live. And then here is an adapted prayer challenge that you can do virtually. So having done all of that for them and then providing social media graphics, all of those things that are already part of our curriculum, but packaging them in a way so that they can spend more time like saying, okay, well now I have, okay, I have this already preset and I can do this online now. Um, we felt that that was something that was needed and something that we were hearing from children's pastors of like, I, I'm having, I have this whole new learning curve now because of the fact that we're living in a pandemic. So knowing that we could offer that as well, that's another component that we're proud of. What, the question I have for you, Carol, is I know that you in particular have leaned pretty heavily into this digital tool um, and how to make bright as digitally friendly as possible. But I know that some people who are listening to this might get concerned thinking, oh no, I don't know where my phone is. How can I lead that way? So I do want to just at least specify for you, the person who's listening to this who feels that way, we have taken the time to make plenty of printables and make it very easy to use if you would rather use it hard copy. But I know that it, we've designed it to be digital. So Carol, can you help folks understand why we made that decision and what that looks like in practice? You know, what is that leader tool feel like as you're navigating it, as you're leading a lesson? Well, I think that our world has become so fast paced. Um, everything's really quick and we definitely live in a culture that's very, you know, drive through oriented and we're used to things being immediate. Um, so having something that's digital, um, our, our actual training for leaders is called self-paced online training. So you can access it online at your own pace. And it's not something that you have to print out. It's not something that you have to, you know, have a lot of, um, a lot of resources available. We're already doing so much just on a phone or an, an iPad or whatever. So it's, it's convenient, it's timely, um, and hopefully also engaging and instructional at the same time. Totally. Well, I feel like, you know, someone who's, who's held the leader tool in my hands. Um, one of the things that's really stood out to me is the fact that you can lead a lesson on your phone and how we've talked about this before, but the ability to do that, why, how does that help in being effective in discipleship? How user-friendly this experience is, how does that also play into the North Star of Bright being effective in discipleship? when we made bright we did try to do a lot of research and observation to figure out like what was needed and one of the moments for me that was pivotal was observing in a church where uh there was a volunteer who um, had been given printouts of the lesson and they were juggling a room of like 30 kids you know pretty typical um with another leader and uh they kind of hit a bump in the lesson where like the kids were not engaged and they needed to fill some time. So uh, he grabbed his phone and pulled it out and then had to like tap through in his email and, you know, use his fingers to zoom in on the PDF to like read a specific spot of the way that the Bible story was scripted out in their lesson so that he could fill that time. And so seeing when we were, I mean, that was just like a quick moment in a lot of the observations we did, but, but to see him like, to see that transition from it just being something that you prep with that is then fills those spaces ahead of time to see that this leader in this moment um, 
you know, there was, he had paper, but it worked a lot better for him to go and grab, grab his phone and tap through and to see how he was able to do that, but how there was some limitations in, you know, what he was doing in terms of finding it and all that kind of stuff, I think just showed for me how crucial it is to have a really easily accessible tool that's actually mobile friendly versus like a PDF where you're, you know, you're kind of at the um, mercy of your mobile device for how well it's going to work in that environment. So um, that was one thing that definitely for us factored in. And we know that it's constantly changing the rules or um, thoughts about using screens in classrooms. Like I think 10 years ago, if you had had out a phone during a classroom or five years ago, even it would have really been frowned upon as seen as like you're distracted from your main job. Um, And that's definitely true. Like I remember being a children's ministry director and seeing um, teenagers on their cell phones and we had to be like, Hey, you know, if you're going to help in the classroom, you can't do that. Well, now we're making this tool technology as a tool to really um, maximize the benefit of what they're able to do in the moment when they can flip quickly to where they want to go. If there was something that they didn't think they had time for that now they have time for, um, it is really, really easy for uh, a leader on the fly to be able to engage with that. And I think that's just, just crucial for, um, for good use of resources. Totally to not have to rely on my organizational system while I'm standing up in front of a group of kids. If my job is to be a disciple maker, because you know we haven't necessarily talked about this, but I know particularly in the leader training part of this, you know, Bright was also made in lockstep with educational philosophy. I think a lot of church content is sometimes made as if there was no world outside of the walls of the church. And you guys have recognized that there are best practices with educators who follow that. Carol, you're nodding most aggressively, so I'll ask you first. Um, how, how has that made a difference in Bright to may, be made in lockstep with best practices in general education? Well, I would say that I think, um, you know, in Scripture, we're encouraged to use everything as a means to get God's story across. And this is just definitely one of those areas that, you know, anything in our, anything in our world can be used for good or evil. And let's take this um, digital option and use it to propel the gospel. That's what God's commanded us to do. So let's grab a hold of it and use it for all it's worth. Totally. I mean, if you, if you're looking to be relevant and to really um, engage kids and to a, just a loving, loving to learn and loving to um, be a part of the church community and um, belong there. This is this is where they're at. So what? How are they going to respond? I mean, you're looking at the source of Awana to begin with. You know, looking at what was what was in, engaging kids back then. Like we're going to go there, and and bring the gospel into that environment. And so technology, it's really hard to. Um, it's really hard to uh, deny <laughs> that that's infiltrated even the education system. And, you know, especially today, nowadays, like you, we have to um, go there and, and 
infiltrate with the gospel and use, I mean, education is an incredibly powerful tool. If you look at the globe and the world, the education is where, you know, we are planting the seed of a worldview. You, you want to use the educational tools because that's, that's where kids are. They're in school. They're in, like, they're already used to these tools and they live with these tools. They're utilizing them. And so let's, let us bring the gospel and the discipleship. So one thing I want to make really clear is that the technology and the digital tools can never replace or overshadow the relationship of the disciple maker. That is not at all the intent, but it's actually building and making a seamless connection between a leader, a loving, caring adult and a child. So it's never to replace a relationship by any means. It's always to make actually a more seamless connection between a loving, caring adult and a child. That's really good. And I think what I appreciate the most about that is that allows right to meet you as a leader, wherever you're at, right? If you're someone who loves to read the latest white paper about educational philosophy, like bless you, enjoy your life. Um, And if you're someone like me who, uh, you know, got through school mostly by joking his way through it, right? It allows you, the person who may not feel prepared to step up in that moment to have these things and have more than enough. I would say that the the leader tools right off the bat from, from the launch that are digital, because in our research we did, we did um, find, we did ask a lot of leader training questions and leaders responded very highly that they still value and want leader training. Now, they don't want leader training on necessarily how do I use the curriculum. They wanted leader training on how to disciple kids and how to be a better disciple maker and lead in church and things like that. Like, how do I lead volunteers? So they really highly valued. So I think um, one of the, (laughs) we really hit the nail on this because the the actual curriculum is so user-friendly and easy that we don't have to focus on creating training that teaches you how to use the curriculum. That's a little um, (laughs) irritating to have to sit there, (laughs) but we don't have to do that. So the, the training that is available right off the bat is it's much deeper into how do I lead volunteers? How do I lead kids? How do I disciple kids? Um, What are kids like? Including what is, what do I get with the, with, with the curriculum and how do I use it? How do I customize it? It's way more um, specific and adaptable to their spe- their situation. And how do I help kids belong when, mm-hmm. how do I create an environment of belonging for kids when they're bouncing off the walls and screaming and yelling and running around and nobody wants to listen to me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and look, like, I think it's important for people to understand, like, the, you know, the we've talked a lot about a philosophy on this podcast, uh, but we recognize that you, the person who listens to this, are also dealing with practical realities like that. We know for kids, this is really a long game. Like they don't even really understand that the um, way that their lives are going to change. And we want to be responsive to that for the sake of the church. Um, you know, Betsy, Carol, and I, and others on our team, we have specific areas of expertise and training, and we um, keep our fingers on the pulse of what's going on 
so that we can learn and translate it over into uh, into what we create for Bright, so that it can better serve the church. And that's going to be a continuing commitment that we're that we're in. Thank you for listening, especially all the way until the end. Like I said, this is our season finale, and if you're still here, I just wanted to say thanks. We'll be back with season two of this podcast before you know it, definitely by September. But right now is actually the perfect time to make sure you've subscribed to this podcast so you catch any episodes you may have missed, and that you're following Resilient Disciples on all social media platforms. And if you really missed the podcast, check out resiliencedisciples.com for more leader resources, written content, and a lot more information about Bright. If you do all of those things, you're going to be one of the first to know when this podcast comes back. You're going to hear about new podcasts we'll be launching soon that we're really excited about. And most importantly, we will all as a community keep this conversation going about the future of the faith. The Resilient Disciples podcast is powered by Awana. Awana is a global nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping leaders to reach kids with the gospel and engage them in lifelong discipleship. Awana is fueled by the generous support of individuals, churches, and organizations, as well as resource sales. The podcast is mixed, edited, produced, and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Thank you to Kevin Orris and Phil Wallace for making this podcast happen. And thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next season.